0: Like Lori always tells me, it is the most productive day of the week. Tuesday. So let's get productive. Let's put on a show. What do you say, ladies? All right,
2: we're 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 here for that. Rocko. We're losing legends right and left, oh, damn it. Oh, my
0: gosh. Let's play a little. Uh.
1: Mary Wilson.
2: That's right. Passed away yesterday in her home. High blood pressure, so she's okay. probably taking medication, right. past away in her sleep, yeah. and something. And yes, yeah, she's only one month, and we've lost so many legends. And uh, she died yesterday. Uh, she was seventy-six years old. Her publicists confirm the news, and uh, of course, Barry Gordy has paid tribute, and Diana Ross coldly paid tribute.
3: Okay, what did Diana Ross say? Because those ladies did not get along.
2: No. They did kidding. not get
3: along. And Mary had a memoir, like in 86 or something, that kind of talked openly about
2: yeah their dislike
3: for each other. Well,
2: Mary was born in Mississippi, and she and her family moved around a bit before they ended up in Detroit. And Detroit is where Mary Wilson first met Florence Ballard in elementary school. They became friends and sang together in school talent shows. Remember sure. those, you yes, guys? Yes, I do. Rocco, you were probably in one.
0: Yeah, I emceed one. I played, we, we did a Kiss song in one, yeah. Yeah,
2: I mean, the talent shows were always so fun and so mm-hmm. Never school. in one, always wanted to be. Yeah, but um, anyway, uh, but Mary and Florence, of course, went on to much bigger things. And when Florence was in high school, she met Paul Williams and Eddie Kendricks, who were two members of the singing group the prime the primes excuse me and they later became the temptations okay and florence sang with the primes and eventually their manager decided to have a sister group the primettes florence recruited mary wilson and mary recruited classmate diana ross Got it. and it was called the primettes and it also had one other girl, this Betty McGlown, and they played in talent shows, sock hops, social clubs, and they wanted a record deal. But Barry Gordy was like, you girls need to finish high school. Okay. And um, so anyway, they they uh, Betty left the group, was replaced by Barbara Mountain, Martin, and anyway, they ended up just becoming, they had to get a new name. Barry Gordy said, you can't be the primate, so they became the Supremes. And it was Florence Ballard, Mary Wilson, and Diana Ross. And in 1964, they exploded into the universe and put out hit after hit. Where did our love go? Baby love, stop in the name of love, come see about me, back in my arms again. They became Motown's most successful act of the 60s. And they're still the number one girl group Of all time are they really the Supremes now that's surprising to me yeah they are and um, uh, most records sold yeah oh they have so many uh, things and yes Diana Ross wrote I just woke up to this news my condolences to you Mary's family I'm reminded each day is a gift I have so many memories of our time together the Supremes will live on in our hearts so Classic and cold and devoid of emotion. And she, it is known, I mean, she treated Mary like an employee. And she did the same thing to Florence Ballard, who was forced out of the group in this, I think, the late 60s. And she died in poverty. And then she wasn't nice to Florence's, you know, replacement. And I love Diana Ross, but she so was I, not a good in well, a group. And back in 2004... Diana Ross wanted Mary Wilson to go out on a Supreme's 40th anniversary tour as her backup singer. He did not. He did. Diana would have been paid 10 million, Mary three. Diana would be the star. Mary turned it down, and Diana went out with other singers. and the tour was a flop. And Mary Wilson was very vociferous about mm-hmm. getting legislation. Good so Vociferous. Ran- uh-huh, good Thank word. you. Mm-hmm. So that the random people couldn't be called the Supremes. Sure. And that's okay. why Diana called the group the Supremes in quotations, even in her tweet. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, Mary was uh R&B legend. Sam Moore put out a statement. He just... He said, Mary was someone I could count on to help fight to get get the terrestrial radio bill passed through Congress so that when all of our music, every American recording artist, music played on AM, FM radio would get paid and we could finally collect the thousands and thousands of dollars. It was life-changing.
3: Wow. I call
2: every fan of Mary's to write their senators and congressmen and say, get the artist paid when the music is played on the radio, her memory. Anyway... It would be great to name it that, and he just. The other people have been coming forward, and Holly posted an amazing uh, montage of uh, the fashion, specifically just the, the Mary Wilson. But Mary was on Dancing with the Stars two, two years, years ago, ago. twenty nineteen. She was amazing. Mm-hmm. She
3: really was, and and if you saw the movie mm-hmm. Dream Girls, oh, yeah. it's loosely based on the right. story of really Mary Wilson, Diana Ross, and Florence, and how um, Diana started sleeping with Barry Goodman or Gordy and it was Diana Ross and the, and Supremes, the Supremes and right. how she treated. They were names were changed, but Effie was played by Jennifer Hudson and Diana Ross was played by Beyonce. Right. And it's kind of loosely Mary, based such sang a great movie.
2: on all 12 of their number one hits. I yes. mean, she was, you know, uh, amazing and the glamour of the Supremes I love I'm looking back at their clothes they were so amazing I
3: love it when three people dress alike
2: yeah and Mary Wilson gave an interview to um, Vogue about their group style and she said our glamour changed things we were role, role models we what we wore mattered how we did our hair we were so in demand we needed an endless supply of great high fashion Doors would stay open late for us so we could shop. And Bob Mackey, of course, later on, he um, outfitted chair, but he began doing special looks. And Bob Mackey did the matching bronze beaded sequined feather column gowns he made for their on-Broadway television special in 69. And then their lesser-known designer, Michael Travis, who studied under Pierre Balmain did a lot of their other looks, but she was a very glamorous. Yes, uh, I remember. I feel like uh, just last year she was like at the Grammys and she wore was, something incredible, some she had long a great guy. body, and yeah. she was very
3: fit and very pretty.
2: Oh, geez. So anyway, so yeah, so with Mary Wilson gone and. Uh The Chan Hassan is very sad. Oh. Rowan Preston did an amazing oh. story about Susan Magnuson, who is the production stage manager, wig and costume maker for 45 years. That was really sad. And I, I guess he, he writes, production stage managers sometimes are likened to air traffic controllers because they sit at the nerve center of the show making sure everything is working. So, she passed away at the age of 70 after a short battle with cancer. But uh, uh, it's a real nice, we Preston in the Star Tribune today. So I know a lot of theater people in this town um, are sad because she worked on 225 productions in 45 years. Oh, so and especially Mary to- Wilson, sad in that yeah. world. And then here, you know, anyone and who... And to all of our Chan Chanhassen friends, yeah. we're sorry. So anyway, yeah, legends, legends, legends. Summit cancer. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Listen. When we come back, um, we have our story we can't get off of. <laughs> uh, Rocco, thanks for playing some Supremes in honor of the life of legend Mary Wilson. And uh, did anyone here meet her? Shaletta just posted a thing. She got to oh, yeah. interview her at KSTP a few years ago. Oh, really? No. How oh, exciting, Rocco? Did you ever I've meet her? I've never
0: met any of the Supremes.
2: No, yeah. no, no, neither. Never. Well, I did. I saw Diana Ross at the Jazz Fest. Yes, you did. And you loved it. Oh, it was amazing. You said she was just amazing. She was amazing. Um, Just to uh, let people know, because this was breaking news a couple hours ago, that uh, there was a gunman at an Alina clinic in Buffalo. They've uh, arrested the gunman. They've identified him. They think that he acted alone. We don't know yet, like, what multiple people were injured, but we don't know anything else I would uh, tune into KSTP to get the update Absolutely. on that. But that was pretty. And it seems
0: like the shocking. rumors that there was a bomb uh, have been proven to just be rumors. Okay, rumors, yeah. Just a shooting, so, yes.
2: all right. The, the governor was talking about it in Wright County, and the guy is not a stranger to law enforcement. Oh, there you go. Okay, so, All right. So, that is happening. So, um, our thoughts are with everybody. That must have been horrible for the people working yeah, there. Unbelievable. i sure people were mm-hmm. showing up for their vaccinations. Minnesota has moved into 14th. And In getting the vaccinations out the quick, quickest. Or... And, and Uber and Walgreens have announced a partnership to get that. people to Walgreens. I'm real that...
3: hopeful. I mean, I feel very, just... I feel very hopeful, yeah, too, I do about too, about that. I, I know more and more people who have had both doses, yeah. which is so...
0: Nice. Exciting. It's it, exciting. Yeah. You know, my dad got one. I'm excited. Did, yeah. did he? Yeah. Oh. It's such
2: a relief. Oh. For our, our, older, our older people, or even anyone that's vulnerable. Yeah. Um, and. Just because I know a couple of people who do daycare and they've had their first vaccinations, and teachers, and yeah, I know some Minneapolis grade school kids went back to school yesterday yes. for the
3: first time. I mean, so there is. How hope.
2: about that? They do the zombie walk. Yeah, I, right for fun, you know, to <laughs> stay apart. Yeah, no kidding. That's kind of cute. Okay, so your son came over last night to yes. watch. The, the shallowness of week six of The Bachelor. And uh, looks like Matt's going to have to be his own judge of character from now on. Because spoiler alert. All the tattletales alert, are gone. Katie, the number one tattletaler. Mm-hmm. She who came in with, as he called it, a really huge vibrator. Which is not a good sign. Because it that wasn't was that her, big. That
3: was not wasn't it? I, one thing Katie I was, was
2: the vibrator I girl. And about he that. was describing it as... Oh, to that um, Tyler Cameron yes. who showed up. It was a really like huge vibrator, man. I'm like, oh boy, that doesn't sound good to describe a vibrator that really isn't that big as big, you know? Oh gosh, Lori.
3: Unbelievable. Well, okay. So I know everyone in my family was watching this Like, oh, yeah. You sent me the text about Matt's tight, tight, okay, tight, skinny, tight skinny jeans, jeans that are like
2: Lululemon straight leggings. But that's was-
3: all people wear in that age group, Laurie.
2: Because you want to just because me to ask, you of. can wear it doesn't <laughs> mean you should. Okay, I'm telling you, the Lululemon lemon pant is all okay, my Kids wear people, need to back up and look in a full length mirror. Why does it bug you
3: that he wears a what is it about? Because he's, he's so, got an amazing physique.
2: He's too tall for skinny stovepipe painted on <laughs> jeans, he's simply. <laughs> Too tall, I I couldn't okay, stand it. So
3: my the kids in Montana, because uh, Kath, our sister, is saying the same thing. She's like, "Oh, what is with these clothes?" And you had just sent me the text to ask my son about it, and I'm just like, everyone's going around, and basically the kids in Montana said, "You need to get current, mom. This is what people wear." Yeah, and my son was not affected at all by it. And yeah. he's he said maybe what it was
2: the bowling shirt. In powder blue with powder blue jeans. (laughs) Well, that wasn't that really gave it the legging effect. And that just brings
3: us back to whenever those washed jeans were in. Remember, there were pink jeans, there were green jeans, there was powder blue jeans, there was the red jeans. Yeah. It's a bad look. Mm-hmm. It's a look we've already experienced and don't want to go back to combined with the tight, tight, tightness. Yeah.
2: So let the new people try it. and you know whatever. They are. That's yeah. You need to get current, Auntie Lori. Yeah, and I know <laughs> I loved when Matt said, I've seen this process work for Tyler. And I thought, yes. He, he ended up with by, no one. He means by not getting married and getting a million followers mm-hmm. so you can get paid on Instagram. That's, right. that's what he meant. He has four moves. Look you in the eye. Put his thigh on your leg. No, no. Put his hand, hand on your, on your thigh. thigh. Oh Lord! He does it to all of them. And how about the new girl that showed up? I didn't believe for a minute they had not met.
3: No, that was that was something new. And that Chris, was so weird. Chris and her hair Harrison? extensions.
2: No, Chris Harrison saying, oh, "I didn't know you were coming." As she pulls up in a minivan, no. and no one can act on that. Joke. And I need to talk with the people up above to see if we're going to let you in. You're I'm in. like,
3: you're so liar. We know. already know this. I don't know. I. I kind of, you liked it last night. I've kind of, I'm losing my, um, mat. They needed to bring in.
1: Our- we took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember, hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these new tropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
2: Random girl from another season. She, I think, dated... How many
1: more people can come into
2: this show? I don't know. And then she they bring in Tyler Cameron, you know, his best friend and waxing partner.
3: What I think, right, but here's what, he is a waxer. Here's my favorite thing, though, that happened to The Bachelor during COVID was the shortened season. I liked how fast-paced we had to oh, go Tayshia's. with Tayshia's season. Mm-hmm. I don't like these drawn-out long things. I don't care that much Dude, about any of them. This is how The Bachelor works. But this is why we don't do you. it. But you and I don't ever go through every season and hang in there. We drop out of yeah. some. No, you don't. No. I, speak for yourself. I've got a short attention span. I yeah, Speak bored. for
2: yourself. Okay. Plus, tennis is on. Oh, that's what it is. My Rocky I did like Matt today. I did like Mart Matt's carnival date. I thought that looked like fun. Didn't that look fun? That just right out in the middle of nowhere. Set up a whole carnival just for yourself. I mean, that's kind of amazing. But I always feel bad and awkward that they have to go dance around to some random band we've never heard of. So,
3: Rocco, <laughs> they always ha- hire, like, some up-and-coming some? Okay. band to do a Oh, my God. Night. Who's this? Never heard of them. And they're only two people. There's a million camera people around, a million producers around, and then these two have to dance.
2: You the know, band they've never heard of. Right. And act excited.
3: Exactly. <laughs> like but they probably do 50 takes. I mean, oh this God. is why Lori and I are not um, stars, mm-hmm. movie or television stars. Mm-hmm. There's so many takes. This is truly it. It's the most boring thing. See, being on this show would drive me
2: crazy. Well, it's, um, I did I did like the bowling date. Go? I did like the bowling date, but I felt bad for some of the girls that were bowling in shorts and leggings, okay? I've got a phobia at bowling. You have a
3: jean thing going on. Okay,
2: no, but at bowling, I can't even bowl in skinny jeans at bowling. I know
3: this about you. Nor
2: could I bowl in leggings or like a... What's your phobia? Because you're a bowler and you're a 30-year how you, bowler. How do you do a sassy kickback with your leg when you release the ball when you've got... Leggings on. Leggings on or shorts. You can't because there you are up in front of everybody, naked, basically, and you want to feel so comfortable and one with your ball. I mean, you You don't (laughs) want to worry about what your butt looks like. Yeah, I know this about you, but it's more of a comfort thing. It's like any sport that you play, you don't want to feel naked from behind. You need ball comfort. You need ball comfort. That's exactly right. And Rocco, I can't imagine you've ever bowled in tight, skinny. Jeans. I, I think you might be right. Okay, because yeah. some of the people play tennis in the winter because we
3: play in leggings. Mm-hmm. But I wear leggings and a skirt over my leggings. Yeah, that's because cool. I just. But a couple people just wear the leggings.
2: Oh yes, no. But, but
3: some of them have the bodies to just wear the leggings. And but and I think it isn't that. It's I I'm think they're trying to
2: distract you no. with all their um, <laughs> crevices.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would be distracted by crevices
2: yes Yes. no i don't think that's funny and then you have the two balls in your side pocket and shorts i can't i don't think i've ever bowled in a pair of shorts we don't even wear shorts i wear shorts do you win jean shorts in the summer okay not my bowling season no
3: but we wear (laughs) shorts
2: okay you heard it here we're the jorders. all right when we come back we're talking with lauren fox about her book send for me Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. It is time for another treasured edition of a Lo-J book club pick, and we are delighted. Lauren Fox is joining us, and this is her fourth novel. We just it took our breath away. The book is called Send for Me. Hi, Lauren. Thanks Hi, Lauren.
3: for joining us.
1: Hi. Thanks so much for having me. Are All we right. catching you in Milwaukee? Yes.
3: Nice. Okay. One state over. Yeah, one state <laughs> over. So,
2: Lauren, um, g- give uh, share people the setup of your uh, book, Send for Me, please.
1: Sure. So it's about four generations of women um, in one family. It begins in Germany on the cusp of World War II, and it moves forward in time to present-day Milwaukee. It's about a Jewish family that is torn apart by the rising anti-Semitism in Germany in the late 1930s, Um, It's about the people who got out of Germany just in time and the ones who were unable to leave. And um, so it's about mothers and daughters, really, and the way that the past stays with us and um, sort of how we are connected to one another and how we love each other.
2: And, you know, one of the, I think, kind of really genius storytelling technique that you take with this story is that it's almost like, because it's told in a sort of kaleidoscope, time-hopping fashion between 1938, and it really starts there, but yep. the insidious way that people were losing their freedom and who being seen as people kind of was breathtaking all over again.
1: Yeah, thanks for saying that. I, I did a lot of research before, before I even started writing the book <coughs> Excuse me. And one thing that <coughs> I'm so sorry. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. One thing that I learned was that that was really the technique. I mean, that was what um, the Nazis did was just little by little take away people's rights and take mm-hmm. away their sort of their their livelihoods and their abilities to exist in society and just to, sort of the definition of really what it means to be a person.
2: It just it's, was. I mean, I was just gasping, yeah. and then even you know the. Each chapter is, it took me a couple chapters to realize Figure that it. they were script, little notes from letters, and I yeah. that I thought that, that was such a great story technique, and then, then we find out that these are actual letters from your family, your grandmother. Right. Was it your grandmother? Yeah.
1: Great. Um, it, they were letters from my great-grandmother to my grandmother, and um, actually, I was living in Minneapolis at the time. I was in graduate school um, studying creative writing, and um, I was visiting my parents and found... So my grandparents had lived with us for the years leading up to when they died, and all of their belongings were in my parents' basement in Milwaukee. And I was just going through their things, and um, I found this stash of letters that were, um, you know, from my great-grandmother as from, like, 1938 to 1941, um, as they were trying to leave. And they were written in German, of course. Mm-hmm. And, but, and my mom's a native German speaker, but she couldn't read them because they were in this... Script that is like really old fashioned, really hard to read. So I, but I knew when I when I stumbled on them, I just just knew that they were something that they were like going to be a key that unlocked something.
2: And, and, it, that, and it it's really it's, it's
1: amazing.
2: amazing
3: and, and some of the things you know, when you talk about, I, I was reading some interview you did. I think it was in the Milwaukee Sun Sentinel or something that you had used the letters for part of a dissertation or something, but didn't. But and always knew it, we're trying to figure out. You, were, you weren't you were ready for a memoir, and you yeah. wanted to write a novel with the letters, but you promised that you would not change any of the translation in the letters.
1: Yeah. That's I think, so they were part of my master's thesis, which was a memoir. But I was in my 20s, and I just, I mean, not that you necessarily couldn't write a memoir in your 20s, mm-hmm. but I really couldn't. It just, I didn't have enough to say, you know. Um, now I'm old. But um, <laughs> sure. I, it took, you know, i, I um, so I put them aside for a long time, and I worked on other things, and um, I wrote other books. and then I. But the story just wouldn't leave me alone. And it just, you know, and then especially, you know, a few years ago when it came to light that families were being separated at the border, mm-hmm. I just, the story felt like it had new, like it was newly relevant. And, yeah, so I told myself, I, w- I allowed myself to fictionalize the story um, because that seemed like what I would be better at. But I told myself I wasn't going to change a word of the letters. I just felt this obligation to tell that story in a completely
3: truthful way it's really it's really lovely if you're just joining us the book is send for me um, by Lauren Fox and this is kind of funny Lauren is that I think last Thursday um, Jenna Hager Bush from the Today Show held up two books and in one hand she had send for me by Lauren Fox and in the other hand she had four wins by Christian Hannah and these were her Mm -hmm. February book clubs and tomorrow, Christian Hannah for Four Winds is on our show. Oh, nice. And, and I'm like on today. We're so on top of things. I'm you like, are. We're competing with the Today Show. But, you know, when you talk about, you know, your folks, um, your grandparents immigrating here and leaving their parents mm-hmm. in in what was going on in Nazi Germany and how scary that would be for a family to separate during that time. It's really, um, when you got to understand the translation of the letters and your mom, what was what was her feelings about all this?
1: So she is, well, first of all, my parents are just ridiculously supportive, so they would be proud of me. You know, they're, they're just wonderful people, and they would be proud of me no matter what I did. But I think my mom feels like, you know, I, she's really... She's delighted with the book. I mean, she'll be like, oh, Lauren, I just read it, you know, for the fourth time and I tried again. Like, she, I, think she, I think she feels, I hope she feels like I've honored this story. I mean, that's what I tried to do.
3: Were there any things that you didn't know about or that she discovered when you guys were learning, you know, the translation of the letters? So
1: that's such a funny question. I mean, it's a good question. But it's such Thank a you. Funny thing. I usually
3: ask funny questions. <laughs> yeah,
1: especially about this topic. No right. she, um, she, I remember this. This was, like, 20 years ago, but she was kind of looking over, you know, some of the early drafts of the original version of this, and I remember her saying to me, gosh, my grandmother was in such a tizzy. Like, she was, I mean, which is such a weird thing, like, a weird way to put it, but I don't think she knew. Like, I don't think you would necessarily know the, like, the gut punch of of the anxiety and the worry. I mean, so, of course, we knew, and that's not, like, it's not, like, a specific fact that we learned, but Mm -hmm. I think we were both kind of like, wow, you know, this was a This was just a long wail of despair. She was so oh. trying so hard to get out and and being just turned away at every you know every opportunity and so I don't think we knew i mean it, it seems funny to say it this way, but I don't think we knew the extent to which they were absolutely beside themselves
2: right, right, right yeah. because they're also trying to not worry. Their, the, their kids. Their kids that they're that writing to. Write, write. You know, you, you totally get that. And the other, you know, theme too of this story that goes back and forth is really, you know, you you really do touch on, you know, um, the just incredible bond between, in this case, it's just daughters, mothers and daughters, right. but a mother and their child, just like the fierceness, the love of that. And I, I just found that to be really really true and satisfying reading about that.
1: It took me until I had children of my own to realize that that was the heart of the story. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think maybe that was part of why I had to put it aside for 20 years because um I knew the perspective, I understood the daughter's perspective, but I didn't I didn't yet understand the the mother the, the that point of view and sure. I think it took me, you know, having my own daughters to realize god you would just throw yourself in front of a train for them, you know, you would do anything.
3: Mhm. It's that is so true. Yeah. That is so true. Well, what have, what have people been saying? I mean, the book just came out. What are you, I mean, how, what are you hearing? What are you feeling like?
1: <laughs> well, the Jenna Bush thing was, um, I'm still stunned. Like, I'm still, I sometimes wake up in the middle of the night, and I'm like, wait, did I just dream that? <laughs> that's really so, cool. yeah, that's been pretty great.
3: <laughs> that's really a big endorsement. That's so cool.
2: Yeah, well, and <laughs> just, you know, I mean, this is your fourth book. You were just, you, the review of your book was just in this uh a couple of weeks ago, in the Star Tribune, and yeah. um, uh, Malcolm Forbes reviewed it and, and liked it as, as much as we we did. And it just it's just so well done how you've written Thank it you. and the voice, and I just really enjoyed it. And um, I'm wondering, are you happy um, to be like, are you doing virtual book clubs or book tour? What are you doing for for media? Do you just get to do it all from your home?
1: Yeah, so that's definitely a mixed blessing for me. I'm like, as I'm talking to you, I'm looking at my slipper-clad feet and, you know, there's something <laughs> yeah. to you said for, you know, right. <laughs> staying home. I mean, like the other night I did sort of um, an intense, well, for you know, they, this is all Hard for an introvert. I mean, it's lovely and wonderful, but it ta- you know it takes a lot out of you. Sure. And then, like an hour later, I was back in my jammies. So there's definitely an advantage. I mean, I miss connecting with people, and and it's completely it's like wonderful and overwhelming to be out in the world, you know, doing this book stuff. But there is something nice about just doing it here from my from my and little it, office. <laughs> I believe I believe that, and
3: and many authors are introverts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so.
1: If you're going to commit to, like, years of just wandering around your house and, like, muttering to yourself, I think you have to be an introvert.
3: <laughs> this is why we're not authors yet, either. We're not actors. We're not authors. We're finding our – we're looking for our talent, yeah. um, Lauren. <laughs> it's Lauren Fox. The book is sent for me. It's just – it's really a treat. This is a really amazing book, and it's told in a different style, like Laurie was saying, mm-hmm. you know, that we haven't read before.
2: Yeah, and I, I don't know. I love historical fiction, and we are drawn over and over to the story of, you know, anything to do with World War Two, and, you know, just the, the stories of bravery and truth and freedom and all of that. I guess it just is something that we just are, we'll never get tired of, like people don't get tired of sci-fi or historical mm-hmm. romance, you know. It's an enjoyable genre to, genre to read, even though it's about sometimes very horrific and heartbreaking loss. Yeah.
3: And I think the other thing, Lauren, you talk about in your, you know, author's note at the end about how fortunate you were to be able to spend so much time with your grandparents and how it was yeah. just like a comfort blanket being wrapped around you and they didn't have a big space. And just, I think that put us all, it put me back. Yeah. And I think Lori back into the time, that wonderful time we got to spend with our grandparents when yes. we were younger and how, that unconditional love was just so amazing, and you just feel that and you're beautiful with
2: words you're you're a lovely thank author, you.
1: thank you um
2: Lauren. Can we ask you what the last great book you read was?
1: oh I, yes, there's nothing I would rather talk about than I love recommending books, so I'm just finishing um we were the lucky ones by georgia oh. hunter it's um have have you yes. do you know that book yeah so good so, so it's good. A, it's another family saga about a family separated by the events of world war ii this is a it's a polish family and it's sort of a it she just kind of goes through every member of the family and what they went through and it's really it's it's also based on her family stories and um she and i are doing an event together so i thought oh i'll just pick it up and read it and it is riveting it's so good okay
2: how do people like if they want to like be in contact with you do you have facebook how do you like people to find you
1: so I have a I have two teenage daughters who are my social media managers. So Perfect. I now I'm, I'm active on Instagram now, and I'm on Facebook and um, yeah, my website too, LaurenFoxWriter.com.
2: Okay, Lauren Fox Writer. Okay.
1: Yeah, you'll see my Instagram is awesome because I don't I'm because my daughter manages it for me.
2: Isn't that nice?
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I call I, her my unpaid teenage intern.
3: Oh um, well, you got to love that. Well, it is such a treat for us um, to have met you. and to learn about you and hopefully we'll have you on for your next novel
2: or we're we're going to read one of your other books that you've written already thank you all right lauren great to talk to you today the book is send for me we've got two copies to give away thank you lauren thanks
3: lauren um give us a buzz at 651-641-1071 we'll be right back
2: I forgot to interrupt Katy Perry because I'm so glad I watched Jimmy Fallon all the way through last night because Dave Grohl of the Foo Fighters and of course Nirvana was on and I just I love him and he was just on Jimmy Kimmel a couple weeks ago he had that drum battle with the the little girl he's just he's just everything and they've got a new album out called Medicine at Midnight and the Foo Fighters. There's, yeah, there's a lot of raves about it, but um, what should we start with, Rocco? Should we start with this story about how, you know, kind of he got going in music and yeah. they, he became Foo Fighters? Uh, I have that right. Let's jump in a van together and yeah. eat burritos every day. Yeah, you're right here. Okay. Here. okay. You
4: kind of start as kind of like a accident, like a happy accident and go... Yeah, the whole thing um, started with this demo tape that I did by myself where... I just went and I've always recorded songs by myself where I play the drums, I play the bass, I play the guitars, I put vocals on it, but I never really let anyone hear it because I was in Nirvana. I was like in a good band. So I'm like, oh, these are just little experiences, uh, experiments that I'll do like in my basement. And then, um, you know, then after Nirvana was over, uh, a long time went by where I wasn't sure what to do and uh, was kind of, you know, trying to. Get through life. And then I thought, okay, I'll go record these things by myself. I did. And then it, you know, I asked some guys to start a band and we started the band. We started touring. And so 25 years later, like we didn't have a plan, you know, it wasn't (laughs) like we started with a demo tape and it was like a world domination scheme to someday circle the planet playing stadiums. It was like, let's jump in a van together and eat burritos every day and like, <laughs> play, like places the whole 200 people just to, you know, get back into life. And um, so it's, it's funny, yes, to think, I mean, even just seeing you brings back all of these memories where it's like, God, over the years, I all of these you. things that we've done, it's funny, like it's, it's, it's so much time has gone by, but it's like, instead of it being like a career in music, it's just like life, you know, it just kind of keeps going.
2: Uh, he yes. is the generational rock spos- spokesperson for the future. <laughs> I just love that. I, I like saw them, them yep. at the
0: beginning. I saw them in 1995 at the first half main room. You, oh you, of They course weren't even the headliner. They were the middle act.
2: Oh, Rocco, of course yeah. you didn't. Did they just blow it was your great. mind? And I think
0: all of us, you know, because I think, um, you know, Kurt had probably just died and, mm-hmm. you know, we were just like, oh, hey, there's the drummer from Nirvana. Right. This is his little side project. I'm sure he'll never play again. He'll just retire off. Nirvana money, yeah, and then sure enough, he, I mean, who I would have never guessed. Be and they have
2: so many great songs.
0: Later. Oh yeah, I mean,
2: he's amazing. He, he's amazing. His band is amazing, and I, I think that one of my concert regrets, and I, I don't think I miss remembering, but I, I didn't go to the show, but I feel like there was a Foo Fighters, Tom Petty, Petty. show, and I was out of town, and I was absolutely. Just like heart sick about missing because that was like such a great. I have a Tom Petty
3: hole in my heart. I never saw him live. Oh, you didn't? No, never. And
2: that's a big one. Yeah. Rocco, do you remember that concert? I
0: was just looking it up to see if they. If it it was at the Excel,
2: if it was Foo Fighters and Tom Petty. I don't know. But don't look it up now because we got to get to Dave and. um, That's
0: a
4: pretty good story too.
2: Dave Grohl and uh, David. Bowie story. Oh, okay. okay.
4: So I contacted Bowie. And I said, uh, here, listen to this thing. Maybe you'd like to sing on it. And time went by. I didn't hear anything. Nope. Finally, I got an email back. And he said, uh, he said, David, um, David. <laughs> I, I like the instrumental. But this time, it was like a it was like a Marvel movie kind of thing. He's like, this is not really my, my trip, not my genre of, of film and stuff. I'd love to work with you at some point. But um, I don't think this is the the time. And, I, and so I'm sitting in my living room reading this, like, oh my God, David Bowie writes emails. This is blowing my mind right now. So I immediately, I immediately email back something very. I don't want to take up more of his time. Yep. So I said, yep. I, I said, uh, I said, uh, thanks for responding. I hope you're well. Take care. And then one minute later, he emails back and he says, Well, that's settled then. Now f- off. <laughs> Come on, come on. And I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, holy crap. He's like, David Boyd just told me to f- off. <laughs> and so, so I emailed back and I hadn't seen him since his birthday party at Madison Square Garden. I said, well, I guess I'll see you in another 15 years. And he goes, not if I see you first. <laughs> he's being funny. And I'm like, he, well, I didn't know that. I was like, David Boyd thinks I'm an ass. <laughs> <laughs> and so we went back and forth until I realized like, oh, he's just being funny. That's so good. That's it was cute. just
2: he was it was such a fun fun interview and he's just he's exactly what the world re- uh, needs right now. He just has this he's so down to earth like you know, hey, we just we did it. And I mean, I just But can you imagine like e- and, yeah, you're and just emailing, are, and he's still so you're delighted and he said they would email back and forth like just these two-liner things. They just kind of had this tight email friendship before texting. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. so anyway, it was really good. Well, you want to hear the song they played? I do. They played this song on Kimmel three weeks ago, and it's uh, the lead from their al- album Medicine, and it's called Waiting. The song gets better and better, but I don't know. Yeah, I think
0: they kind of rock out at the end. Uh... Yeah, they do. It was it was
2: just this great interview. Yeah. And then he told the story about when he fell off the stage and broke his ankle, and the, the EMT said, I got to... Put your ankle back in place right now. And he was on stage; he couldn't even move. And his wife gave him—he got a shot of whiskey, and they put his leather jacket in, in his mouth. And then the guy snapped his ankle back Jeez. in place. Ouch! I know. Okay, I could, that sounds so famous. I know, but me. I could just listen to Dave forever. I'm going to I go think down you the. You have YouTube a crush hole. on him? I have a crush on him. Mm-hmm. Rocco? Yes. Did we you have, see, have a crush on? You. Did you ever see the Foo Fighters again after? I know you, that the, thing. Uh, you I you that saw him at the, the beginning. Yeah, I know. That's amazing. All right, we'll be back.